0: Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Welcome to Stuff Mom Never Told You from HowStuffWorks.com.
1: Hey, and welcome to the podcast. This is Molly, and I'm Kristen. And Kristen, there has been a lot in the news lately about the green economy. The green economy is going to save us, get us out of this trouble. Keep the world from ending, like the green economy is paramount.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's, uh, by green economy you mean, uh, all of the industries surrounding green products such mm-hmm. as buildings, solar panels, or, um, nuclear power plants, uh, et cetera, et cetera. There's renewable resources, renewable resources. Yeah. This has become a huge industry. According to uh, an article I read in the New York Times a couple weeks ago, I think, uh, 28 states have already set quotas for, um, having renewable uh, sources of energy mm-hmm. and billions and billions of dollars are now being poured into, uh, the, this industry and lobbyists are just knocking down the doors of congressmen trying to trying to get their piece of the renewable energy pie.
1: But you know, there's pretty much nothing a president can do without garnering criticism. And one of the criticisms that's been lobbied at this new green economy, the formation of green jobs, is that women are not going to be adequately represented that Uh, The jobs that are in the green economy are primarily construction jobs, the kinds of jobs that women just stay away from.
0: Right, Molly. There are some initiatives going on right now to, uh, first of all, train more women to uh, be able to contribute to the the green economy and get these so-called green-collar jobs, and also people who are trying to think of more ways to include more uh, female-dominated industries because, like you said, a lot of these engineering um, and technological uh, industry sectors that uh, may up a lot of the green economy are comprised mostly of men
1: mm-hmm. and it's especially important because you know researchers think that the green economy jobs like most construction jobs are going to pay a lot more like mm-hmm. this is a really good opportunity for women to get in make some higher wages so one of the steps that's being taken especially on college campuses i've been reading is just an education program like here are green jobs here's how i get them because, you know, greens become such a cliche. We all think we know what it means, but what does it mean in our own lives?
0: Right. Uh, I gotta say, you know, when you think about sustainable resources, renewable energy, it's not something that is constantly on my mind. I mean, do I feel good about taking, uh, the train to work instead of having to drive my car five miles? Absolutely. But, um, it's not something that, That really impacts my day to day life. And since, like you said, green has become kind of a cliche. It's just sort of something where you, you, you know, pat yourself on the back when you go buy a, you know, a reusable grocery bag Mm -hmm. and things like that. And, um, I thought it would be interesting to, to take a different view of what renewable resources mean, um, for women, especially outside of the United States, because it is linked to a lot of other huge issues, right?
1: Right. I mean, we primarily think about renewable resources in terms of our pocketbooks, like can we afford to put solar panels on a house? Um, but in the developing countries, climate change, renewable resources, gender inequality and poverty are all inextricably linked in really interesting ways. So we thought this would be a really good food for thought about how we can think about renewable resources and women all around the world In a united way.
0: Yeah, and keep in mind this is Molly and I are gonna kind of give a high level view of of women in developing countries, especially, and, uh, the impact of renewable resources. We're gonna throw in a few specific examples, but, um, yeah, Kristen's right.
1: We're not gonna have time to do country by country how every single set of women's affected. So we're gonna give a high level inner overview. First though, Kristen, the question at hand, what is a renewable resource?
0: Renewable resource is, uh, it's pretty self-explanatory, Molly. It is a, resource, a source of energy, if you will, um, that is, can be replenished naturally. And by that, I mean solar energy. The sun is there. It is going to continue to give us energy for a long time. There is wind. There is tidal wave energy. All of these things that do not, uh, That don't have a a finite limit, such as fossil fuels.
1: True. There are also not just renewable energy sources, but renewable materials. For example, you can farm in a way that's sustainable, sustainable agriculture. Forest products, lumber, plywood, paper, they can all be renewable resources when you produce them with sustainable forestry techniques. So it's really a combination of these products and energy sources that affect women in the developing world. Let's take water, okay? In the developing world, water obviously a paramount necessary resource. Mm-hmm. Guess who spends all the time gathering water, carting it back and forth? I'm gonna guess women and women and girls. Yes, you are correct. So studies have been done that show that in a developing world, women have the most knowledge about how water needs to be sort of delivered to a village, how it works for them, but their opinion is often overlooked when parties are coming in and trying to design new systems for these people so that they eventually put in things that don't work. I've got an example of that real quick for you, Kristen. There was this project in Nepal and the women, uh, they put in this new tap, but the women didn't like it because uh, the stands were like right on the roadside, Mm -hmm. which didn't fit their needs at all because uh, they need to like have room to wash clothes, bathe. And as a result, they didn't even use this new tap that was put in. They were going even farther to find
0: more water sources. Right. It sounds like the people who were designing these tabs weren't going to the primary stakeholders, if oh. you will. You like that? I yeah. do. Um, to find out the the optimum place to put it. And Molly, well, when you th- when we think about uh, renewable resources, uh, it just it to me sometimes it just seems like such a individual subject. It's just the environment. We're just talking about the earth, but uh, in in the developing world, especially you know, there's such a complex interplay of all of these different factors that you were talking about just in that one example in Nepal. Um, there's a source from Canadian Women's Studies that says that eradicating poverty, expanding income earning possibilities, increasing gender equity, improving education and health status, and protecting and regenerating the environment are all related to equitable access to energy, like you were talking about, like just being able to go and, and get the water, clean, safe water and bringing it back. Something as simple as that. We don't think of education, healthcare and all of those other factors all being combined with this one issue. And it's something that a lot of NGOs and nonprofits are looking to tackle, uh, kind of kill two birds with one stone, if you will. They're trying to tackle this renewable resource problem. And also at the same time, creating more, um, gender equality in these communities and, uh, adding more, um, social equality for these women.
1: Yeah. It's, that's pretty a powerful way to think about it that just, you know, by doing something we need to do anyway to keep our earth in viable shape, we can, you know, knock out a lot of this poverty. Uh, we were looking at some UN reports that 70% of the 1.3 billion people living in conditions of poverty are women. And so that's sort of why they're not on this equal level, there's obviously a lot of cultural, social norms playing into it. Just to continue with this water example, you know, if you're not spending your entire day walking to find a clean, renewable source of water, then you'll have more time to take care of your family, it raises health rates, you have more time for education, and you can really start to break this cycle of poverty.
0: Exactly. And you were talking about uh, these studies that are coming out of the UN, and um, it's this whole issue of gender equality and renewable resources is actually part of some of the millennial development goals that the UN has established. Um, the Millennium Declaration states that gender equality is both a goal in and of itself and a condition to combat poverty, hunger and disease and achieve all of these other goals like you were talking about you know, if you, if you solve one of these problems of just say water or having to go collect firewood for fuel, um, then you can, then you can target all of these other goals as well. And, um, I thought it'd be nice to toss in one of these examples of success, uh, that, that the UN, um, used and it is of, uh, women in Nigeria who are able to collectively come together and actually, uh, Effectively shut down a natural gas company in the country that was just burning all this natural gas. There were all these natural gas flares coming out of the ground. And it was really dangerous for these, these women having to go back and forth. And, um, they were able to, to really come together, um, both in Nigeria and then abroad, I think in, um, in the UK. And with all of their collective actions, they were able to lobby strong enough to, to get the the parent company of the natural gas uh, affiliate to to shut down, mm-hmm. and so the thing is, it, it is possible. Like it sounds kind of pie in the sky for us to say, oh, well, let's you know let's put a water tap in the right place and you know solve the world's problems. But in fact, uh, it can make a huge a huge difference because now that these women have seen probably that they can come together as a cohesive unit and enact change, probably gives them a little more power in their own communities as well. And it's more than just water. I mean, these women are basically creating food for entire populations. Exactly. Um, According to, uh, once again, going back to this, uh, the United Nations Millennial Development Goals, uh, it states that rural women in less developed countries are the principal basic food producers. So they're the ones who are out in the fields tending a lot of these crops that are going back and feeding the men and children. And so if these women don't have as much access to information about, let's just say, like incoming storm patterns and, um, droughts and things like that, that are going to directly impact the, the crop production, uh, it's going to have a ripple effect in the community. Mm -hmm. And so that's yet another reason why creating these, uh, bring more access to renewable resources and energy um, to create more sustainable agricultural practices are going to be so important specifically for these women.
1: Right. And you were talking about not having that knowledge, not being able to walk around just because, you know, a culture dictates that you kind of stay close to home. You can't get the information. Uh, that can have really damaging effects in terms of how climate change affects women. Women are actually the, the, the population that can be most affected by that drought or by something like a tsunami that rips through a village as a result of climate change. Mm-hmm. Um, we were reading about tsunami in Sri Lanka and because the women are never taught how to climb a tree the way that boys are, many of them perish because they couldn't get away from the rising tides.
0: Right. And then when you have these natural disasters, uh, or even rampant disease that might break out in communities, the women are the ones who are going to be um, taking care of of the children and the men who who are most affected mm-hmm. by it. And then you have issues like in in Nepal, women suffer from bladder problems associated with carrying large amounts of firewood after they become pregnant because they're having to go farther and farther distances. You know, when when you use more and more firewood.
1: So basically, sort of, I guess, the takeaway that would be awful nice if everyone would just sort of ask the women where they're coming in to create programs for them about what exactly would serve them. But right now, a lot of these programs are very gender blind. So that's why we've got uh, organizations like IUCN and the UN going and trying to figure out how they can have a two-pronged approach to this problem of gender inequality and uh, climate change and renewable resources.
0: Right. There's also an organization, Molly, uh, that was started up fairly recently called Energia. looks Mm -hmm. like Energia. um, That is... Totally devoted to uh, looking at the the link between these gender issues we were talking about and renewable resources, and finding out how to how to approach them and and solve them as well. So there's a lot going on. I was really surprised when we were thinking about talking about renewable resources and how it might affect women uh, to find out that there's this whole other segment of it that we just really don't think about
1: we don't think about it but you know the problem i have when we were researching this Kristen, was just how hard it was to kind of wrap my head around it it seems like such a huge problem you know on its own renewable resources seem like you know just this huge mountain to climb then when you add developing world on top of that it seems monumental gender inequality seems monumental and it becomes so frustrating i think with all these uh individual examples. But then I was thinking about this movie that we saw a few months ago Mm -hmm. called A Powerful Noise, which was about how women in developing countries have sort of, you know, it gave a few examples of how women have been able to rise up, create some better uh, quality, create some income for themselves and how that sort of impacts their entire community. And one thing we walked away from that movie with was the importance of microloans. Mm -hmm. And so that to me is one way that we can all take sort of, you know, a concrete approach to solving this problem for ourselves.
0: Right. And the, and the the movie that you were referencing, I think we should say, was produced by the organization CARE, which mm-hmm. uh, focuses on poverty and women. And research continually shows over and over again in developing countries, the people who you should target if you want to create change in those societies are the women, because mm-hmm. they're the ones who are taking care of the children. They're responsible for the education, for the healthcare, for going and getting the food, for even growing the food and bringing it back. And uh, they've made huge strides. And um, even in the example that I mentioned earlier about the Nigerian women, there's a lot that can be done. It seems overwhelming. There have just been some really heartening examples recently as you know, in that movie that we saw and in uh, this UN literature that we've been reading about how women are really taking advantage of those assets that they have in their communities and, and using it to improve the lives of their children and their husbands and their families. So yes. I think at the end of the day, it is an overwhelming problem, but there is definitely a uh, silver lining to yeah,
1: it. Yeah. And I think that if, you know, you want to look for a way where you yourself can make a concrete difference in this whole big issue, a microloan is something to consider instead of, you know, another reusable grocery bag.
0: Yeah. Check out microloans. Molly and we, we should do, we should maybe do a podcast on microloans. Perhaps sometime. we shall. Yeah. Well, guys, uh, thanks so much for listening to us talk about renewable resources. If you want to learn more about them, HowStuffWorks.com has a whole section on green science. So you can read to your heart's content about that. And Molly and I actually have a new blog on HowStuffWorks.com. It's called How to Stuff, where we tell you how to do stuff. (laughs) If there's anything that you would like to learn how to do that has just been just plaguing you and you can't figure out how to do it, please send me and Molly an email and we will maybe tackle that problem for you on the blog to the best of our ability. And of course, as always, if you have any questions or comments for me and or Molly, send us. Especially me. Especially Molly. So yeah, just shoot us an email. Simple address. It's momstuff at howstuffworks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Want more HowStuffWorks? Check out our blogs on the HowStuffWorks.com homepage. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you?